0: Oh, here. Uh, I just want to answer this question. I see, you know, why is it important to push this application platform? So when I ask, it seems like you're blaming your attendees for lack of functionality. No, no, this is a, um, an issue that's been going back to since Colin was created. We've, we've complained to the Colin team that, you know, that we want them to switch the mute button up because obviously a lot of people have been having issues. It's it's not like a per- the people's issue. I think it's more of a platform design issue. And uh, we've relayed that to them. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping down the line that they'll fix that. Um, and another reason we want to use this, uh, app is because this is really the only social podcasting app out there. Like clubhouse is getting better with functionality, but it's still not a social podcasting app. And uh, you can't like syndicate your stuff out. You can't like go back and, uh, like have comments and likes and highlights and video highlights and stuff the same way. Um, and, and now, you know, before Android people couldn't use it. Now anyone can log on and listen to our stuff live from any device really. So as long as you have an internet connection, so. We realize like it's still a new app and it has its issues, but it's slowly getting better, and we hope that it'll continue to get better. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, welcome everyone to XPod. This is uh the first episode in a little while. It's uh, the first day of spring, so <laughs> good day to do this, I guess. Um, so today I'm gonna go. I'm gonna share some info from sources about upcoming Tesla products. Before like I jump in, I, I do want to say that like pretty much everything with Tesla is fluid, right? So things change, like, all the time. So some of today's info is an example of that. And, like, Tesla's, plan, Tesla's plans, like, today might not be Tesla's plans tomorrow. So, like, what is shared today could change down the line, obviously, and probably will. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like Tesla's estimated delivery dates for your orders. Like, they are just constantly moving depending on a host of factors. And product stuff is, you know, somewhat similar. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll just jump in. So starting with Cybertruck... So you're saying
1: everything with a grain of salt, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, All right. I mean, you know me. Take everything with a grain of salt, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, So starting with Cybertruck, last fall, or I think it was late last fall, I had shared that the initial lineup would be um, like dual motor and quad motor. So I'm hearing as of right now that's sort of changed, switched around a bit. Um, I'm hearing right now that the the Cybertruck could launch with three, three variants. So the first variant would be a base dual motor. And then the second variant would be a mid-dual motor. And the third variant would be a tri-motor. And I hear quad and plaid have been pushed back a little bit as of right now. Um, but obviously, that could change later down the line. We're still quite a ways away from the Cybertruck launching. It's probably going to launch next year. Um, and that's like sort of essentially like Tesla said that because they said they're not going to launch any new vehicles this year. Um, I can't okay, tell you... But, well, what's ahead. the difference between the two duels there? So obviously, there will be... So the pack size um, for the tri-motor is bigger. Um, The base dual, you know, I I, I don't know exactly, like, what the pack sizes are or, or, like, what the range and specs will be. Um, But I think, if I had to take a guess, I would say the base dual motor will probably end up replacing the single motor rear-wheel drive version that they had originally sort of advertised. Um, Because I don't know many people that would buy, you know, a full-size Cybertruck with 250 miles of range and only rear-wheel drive. I think most people want that all wheel drive and at least 300 miles of range, especially if you're towing stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably their thinking, but you know, things could change obviously. You know, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Cause right now you're, you're delineating almost uh, like four variants. No uh, five.
0: Technically five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Wow. Yeah. So base dual, mid dual and tri motor. Then of course quad and then plaid. So I don't know if all of them will be available at one point at the same time. <laughs> You know, I don't know if like once quad and plaid are available, maybe they'll get rid of the tri-motor. You know, who you knows? Um, yeah. And I can't tell you exactly what like the target weight of the base Cybertruck is, but I will say the Rivian is like a mid-size pickup truck with a 7,200 pound weight. So the Rivian about 217 inches. The Cybertruck is estimated to be about 230 inches. Um, so the Cybertruck is obviously like a full-size pickup truck. And efficiency should be better versus the Rivian even. And it'll be like industry-leading. And I think it won't even be close. I think it's, it's going to be pretty incredible what Tesla's going to achieve with this vehicle.
1: Yeah, so that's for the weight. So it, 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 yeah, Cybertruck is a bigger truck than the Rivian, and it will weigh less than the Rivian. Yeah. Yeah. And At so least that's the se- target. Yeah, 7200 is Rivian right now, and uh, you can f- figure that it's going to be less than 7200, and not just a
0: little bit. All right, moving on to Powerwall 3. So Powerwall 3, so right now, uh, I think it's called Powerwall Plus is out right now. So Powerwall 3 will launch later this year, and it should be like a massive step forward. For context, let me give you some of the specs of the Powerwall Plus, and then I'll compare them to the new Powerwall 3. So they're, both the Powerwall Plus and the Powerwall 3 are both 13.5-kilowatt-hour um, packs, but the old Powerwall Plus uses 20, 2170 NMC batteries. The new one will use Prismatic LFPs. Um, And then Powerwall Plus had 9.7 kilowatt uh, backup power. The new Powerwall 3 will be about 50% bigger um, to 15.4 kilowatt backup power. And then in terms of uh, solar power, the old one was 15 kilowatts, and then the new one will be 25 kilowatts. Yeah, maybe um, I can
1: give a little bit of uh, so people may, might, might understand yeah. what this means. So the, the pack size, 13.5 kilowatt hours, I think everybody's familiar with that, uh, with the on their car battery packs and, and everything. That's the energy. The The big difference here where it gets a big boost is on the power output, how much things it can power simultaneously. So how fast it can draw that power out or put that power in because it goes both ways. So let, let's say from solar, it can dump more power uh than it can on the on the old power wall and it can output also to your house in in case of let's say a, a power outage you can draw more stuff so you let's say that on The previous one, it's 9.6 kilowatts. I I, I didn't make, I didn't do the math on it, like what it could power, but let's say your, your fridge, your, your, your heating and so on and so forth. But with the extra power, now you can more fridges, more uh, 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 TVs and washing machines and whatever, you can draw more power from that, that pack. Yeah, and probably the most important
2: or one of the most important things that I think people here will really care about is cost. Because Mm -hmm. as we know, the LFP batteries are much lower cost. And there's a drawback in EVs, which is that they're heavier, so it reduces range. But guess what? The power wall isn't going anywhere. So you don't take that range. It's going to be a little bit heavier, but it doesn't really matter. You'd much rather have the lower cost chemistry. Not to mention also safer and longer cycle life. So this is a yeah. huge win for the Powerwall, I think. And they've already started doing this in many
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the, another big change with it I hear is the old Powerwall Plus is, um, or the current Powerwall Plus is water-cooled, but the new Powerwall 3 will actually be air-cooled. Um, so that should improve efficiency. And then, of course, I'm hearing improved heat mode. It'll be die cast aluminum with a single laser weld ceiling enclosure. So no adhesive ceiling, no liquid. So it'll be less failure probabilities. And then I'm also hearing it'll be like a significantly smaller form factor too. So you can fit it in a tighter space. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. It feels like the, the first principle, the thing like simplified it, uh, managed to remove because yeah, anytime you water cool something, it's, it's more complicated than air cool. And uh, yeah, the die-cast aluminum. So basically, this is GigaPress technology. They're they're starting yep. to get really good at it. And yeah, it's it's going to be not only with the batteries, like Omar mentioned, LFP and the the safety and everything, but you're getting a boost on everything on the power output, on the on the life uh, usable life cycle of that of that pack. Everything is like up, up, up. So yeah, engineers probably did a. Whole bunch of work on that to, to manage those specs.
0: Yeah, um, someone just asked you know about the Powerwall three outside of the U.S. I'm not sure to be honest. I don't know when it'll launch. You know, I think Tesla you know is not necessarily so much battery constrained as they are like production capacity constrained right now. But uh, as we've seen with like the MegaPacks, they're starting to increase production there. And the fact that the new Powerwall three will use the LFP batteries, I think, will help Tesla a bit. But you know, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I wouldn't
2: be surprised to see production in both Shanghai and in the United States, maybe in, I don't know, wherever they're producing them now. mm -hmm. You heard about CATL building a new North American facility, so that's kind of interesting. I don't know if necessarily it's going to be used for power walls, but it is the same chemistry. And in China, obviously, they have a lot of LFP production up and running already, so it might make sense to make it in both locations or... Maybe even several
1: look. Yeah, yeah. I just want to also mention something. Uh, Sawyer didn't mention it because the the numbers are a bit iffy. Uh, we're not. We can't like really confirm them. But it was the RTE, the return trip efficiency. So it looks like, without giving any numbers, like the uh, the efficiency of the new powerwall is greatly improved. So this might also account. So you'll get more out of it out of each kilowatt hour you'll have less losses so more efficiency which might also explain why they were able to air cool it instead of water cool it
0: yep super exciting um so moving on to supercharging so i'm hearing v4 still on track to launch later this year with charging speeds of about 350 kilowatts there's been some talk of like speeds in this 375 kilowatt area but i think they'll probably do 350 but um yeah, that that could still change, but we'll see. Elon had hinted at 350 quite a while ago though, so that seems like a likely number. Um
1: well, that's huge for for charging times. Yeah, exactly. For the, for the up to 80%. Like maybe uh Omar, like what what's the the current time you charge in at what like when when you charge, what are you basically getting when you supercharge or do you ever supercharge?
2: Yeah, um when I do supercharge, I take, you know, I take road trips a lot. So 250 is the max rate. It holds that on my Model 3 for about a second. So it kind of like <laughs> goes up to 250, says hi to 250, and then comes back down. But you can get really 75 to 100 miles in five minutes. So it's great. But uh, yeah, a 350 is going to be really important for the Cybertruck and Semi, among other things. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I had heard that the capability for 350 was built into all cars since the refresh center console of last year. Don't get mad at me if that's not true, but that's what someone...
0: Yeah, so I heard the um, the refreshed model SNX from last year can do up to 300 kilowatts. And then the ones built since, I think it's uh or like late February early March of this year can do up to like 375 potentially um so yeah i guess we'll see what's true and what's not true um but either way i think you know the, all i think most new vehicles will be able to take advantage of these higher speeds in some some capacity or another um Regarding Model S Matrix LED headlights, this has been a big question with everyone. Like, are they retrofittable? Like, are they not? Will, will we be able to buy them on the Tesla shop? So, I was told when your headlights on, like, the, your current S go out of warranty, within the warranty period, they will be replaced with the new Matrix LED headlights at no cost. Um, the new Matrix LED headlights are more expensive for Tesla to put in the car, but you won't have to, like, pay that extra cost if they're within the warranty of course uh, this will be for like refresh models only though, non-refresh will have to, do like don't have the hardware for it essentially, that's what I hear um, and I hear you also like can't buy the parts and do it yourself as it's based on like just bins for now um, so like they're sort of retrofitable but also like kind of not for some but at least those people that have the refresh model SNX and like need them replaced within the warranty period well it sounds like they might, they'll be able to do it at no cost. So that's good. Um, last Model last thing is, I'm hearing colored lighting is, colored ambient lighting is coming to the Model S later this year. I know, like, a ton of people think it's, like, super gimmicky, like, in the Mercedes S-Class. I, personally, I love it. Like, I love it. Um, but it sounds like people who don't like it may not be happy because it sounds like it's coming later this year they've tested like a few colors. I don't know if it like if it'll it'll be like full RGB like it is in the S classes, but they've at least been testing a few colors. Um so yeah, maybe around Q3 that'll that'll drop. But we'll see.
2: I mean, I imagine Tesla would do it in a tasteful way and that yeah. for example, you would be able to turn it off and that it would be highly configurable. So, I mean, I think it is kind of exciting just the possibility of what kind of things you could do with some programmable lights.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people like think it's, you know, sometimes they're just like pure gimmicks, but honestly, like some cars I see that have ambient to lighting. Like, let's say you open your door on the highway the the, the door lighting or the lighting in the door can turn like red and blink for as like a safety feature. So as, as you open up your door, people will see your door better. And like let's say like, you're playing a game, like maybe like the led lighting can sort of sync with the game and make it more immersive in some way or, you know, maybe it can, like, dance with the music. I don't know. Like, fun stuff like that. Um, so I think Tesla, as you said, will be able to figure out ways to make it more than just, like, a cool gimmick. Yeah,
2: like... yeah, I think people who are opposed to it <laughs> think of kind of what Mercedes has done, which, in my opinion, is kind of tacky. And It's
0: a bit over the top in those
2: vehicles. <laughs> yeah, especially for a company like Mercedes that has such a kind of century-long design legacy of luxury it's a little bit off from what you yep. expect from.
0: And then the last menu item we got is Tesla insurance is reportedly going to launch in 16 more States by the end of this year. That's one, six, um, which would bring the total to about 21 States by the end of 2022. Now obviously like this thing is very fluid and like contingent on many things falling in place. So like a lot, like some of them might not, might not even happen. Um, but yeah, they're definitely like, I, I'm hearing like there might be like a flurry of states getting Tesla insurance next month in April. Um, so that'll be exciting. I don't know which states, but, um, and then lastly, Tesla's also starting to underwrite their own insurance, uh, like like as we, as we speak. So like vertical integration efforts like are not standing idle, which is awesome wow. to hear. Yeah. That's so great. yeah, that's today's menu. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <That's> thanks <laughs> a lot, Sawyer.
1: Yes, seriously, like 16 states before the end of the year, that, that means that give it a couple of years and like whole United States, Canada, it's, it'll probably go uh, accelerating. The, the more they get like the, their hands at getting approval, the, yep. more, the, the, the easier it seems that it would get. So,
0: yeah, because well, well we
1: we're, we're hearing on Twitter like crazy stories about people like comparing prices. And it's like one third. I, I, I've heard, I think, up to one third difference. of of, of the cost of insuring a tesla so it it, it is a big deal for for the consumers i think Uh, uh, omar mentioned the uh it's part of the total cost of ownership
0: Mm -hmm. so uh, we got some questions uh let's see so trimotor likely first model to drop next year i don't know what will drop first um i think that remains to be seen and who knows like down the line like the quad might even be the first to launch like the, this is just the info that's like out there right now like it, obviously things can change we're still like a long way away from the cybertruck launching um someone says limiting factor said like 5,000 5,500 pounds for the base cybertruck weight um i like limiting factors thinking on that i'll, I'll leave it at that <laughs> um so what Elon said last December about first production being quad that has changed at this point. Correct. Um, it sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like it, but of course, you know, things could change. Um, how will it work in low temperatures? I'm, I'm assuming you mean the, um, Powerwall three. Yeah, they work fantastic in low temperatures. Tesla's work fantastic in low temperatures, especially with the heat pumps. So there should be no issue there. Uh, any update on semi? No, I don't have any update on semi, unfortunately. Um, I think Tesla's really putting their efforts into, you know, ramping 4680 production, focusing on launching Giga Berlin and Giga Texas, and then eventually getting the Cybertruck up and running. I I think Semi is not, like, a massive priority for them right now. Obviously, they want to start making it, but they're just really battery constrained, and they want to put those 4680s in there. Um, So, yeah. There we go. No callers in the queue. First time. Damn. Seriously,
1: we're going to take it personally that you guys don't like us anymore. (laughs) Oh, there we go. We have Gary. (laughs) Say no to FUD. You're up. You got to unmute.
0: Got it. Sorry. Question for you. just reviewing um, Battery Day um, from a few years ago. and over a million 4680s now in production. You guys still feeling confident about the numbers they were using as far as efficiency and cost savings? Yeah, I would say I am. Um, and in some cases, I feel like they actually might even exceed them. Um, but we can't know exact numbers right now. Sure. And of course, there's rumors that they will build their 2 million sell by the end of this month, but we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, so the important thing to realizes the numbers at battery day were given as a comparison to the old version right so a comparison to say a 2170 cell and you know they thought they could reduce 50 percent of the cost or something like that and although there have been a lot of changes in commodity prices maybe the cost has gone up but it's gone up for both so if you have for example a structural pack and That lets you deliver, you know, a certain percentage of cost savings. You're still going to deliver the same percentage of cost savings. The savings just now might be even bigger because the price of both the 2170 and every other kind of battery pack you can make are more expensive. So there have been some news articles recently where they talked about, um, Panasonic building 4680 cells and, uh, other manufacturers setting up supply for Tesla. And they reiterated from those companies, the target of basically cutting out 50% of the cost of the pack.
1: All right. Taking next caller, Ben, you're
0: up. Hi, thanks for having this session. Uh, My question is, uh, Elon says he's working on, Secret Master Plan Number Three, and I didn't know if you thought that had any implications on him feeling like Master Plan Two was nearing completion, or uh, any implications on kind of how fast current products or FSD is moving, and then also if you had any speculation what might be in Master Plan
1: Three. yeah. Well, I, I think that that makes sense. That you know, you start working on the next phase when you think the current phase, you're reaching completion. And uh, of course, like one part of the, one of big part of master plan part two was the, you know, robotaxis and FSD and everything. Of course, part of that will be regulatory. So it's not entirely in Tesla's hands how fast that will, uh, will, you know, be uh, opened up for, for it to become a reality. But I think, yeah, it, it's a clear signal, at least to me, that you know they're stepping it up and thinking okay you know we they they still have the same mission but now it's what's the third step and what really i think is important here is to remember that when it wrote master plan part one when elon wrote that you know tesla was nothing basically nothing and it was just like an outline basically if we can survive like master plan one then you know we'll do better on master plan two and then they did the two. And now that the two is complete, Tesla is like a very, very different company. Like it, it knows how to go through like production hell, uh, introduce new, uh, new models, uh, making their own batteries, leading real world AI FSD on the cusp of, you know, being 10 times safer than a human driver, so on and so forth. So it, I, I'm thinking it, I don't want to speculate on what will be master plan part, part three, because it's, you know, you need to be inside Tesla and see all the working parts, but I'm pretty sure AI is going to be a big part of it. Uh, I think Optimus obviously is is part of that, uh, that picture with robotics. Um, Elon also mentioned that, you know, long term manufacturing will be Tesla's competitive advantage. So it has to tie in with that. And then the the mission, you know, it's like to accelerate. So could we be talking about, you know, uh, going into aviation Uh, batteries, you know, not today, but they might eventually become or they see a path where, you know, you need to start working on stuff, you know, in the next year, a few years to be able to enter that space, you know, it's, it, it's hard to say where Elon's mind is at and having all the pieces of the puzzle to know where you should be going, but, you know, renewable energy, solar storage. Uh, I know, uh, Omar's uh, pushing a lot for, uh, V2G vehicle to grid. Uh, Elon has been like sort of saying there's no point in doing that, but the, the signs are there that, you know, it, maybe it will happen. And then there's auto bidder and everything, so yeah, everything's linked the whole ecosystem, and where it's going it's it's hard to predict at least for me. I don't know what you guys think,
2: yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Master plan part one, it was really written before even the roadster, and it was an answer to this question, Well, Tesla's just making these expensive sports cars for rich people. Why does that matter? It's just you know it's a joke, it doesn't matter. And Elon said, no, it does matter because we've got this plan to make EVs mainstream. And it was really a 10-year plan. And he said, what we're going to do is we're going to make the Roadster. We're going to take the money and success we have from that. We're going to make a more affordable car. We're going to make the Model S and Model X. And with the success of that, we're going to build an even more affordable car, the Model 3 and the Model Y platform. And that is going to make EVs mainstream. And everyone laughed and they said that's a ridiculous plan and look at what happened the entire industry has been changed by the model 3 and the model y every manufacturer is now saying yeah we're gonna go 100 percent to ev yeah we're gonna put out our own products that are essentially a clone of the tesla or our best attempt to do so because this product was so good it proved that the future was ev so master plan part one great and Then we heard Master Plan Part 2. It came right in the early days when they were about to start ramping the Model 3. So it wasn't when Master Plan Part 1 was complete, but when they were starting to get to the end of Master Plan Part 1, and really the hardest part of executing Master Plan Part 1, the part that almost killed the company, had yet to come. But they talked about Master Plan Part 2, which was... The solar roof and battery storage, which they've executed on, hasn't been so great financially, but they've executed on bringing those products to market. And they've got some great stuff coming up in the future that are, you know, even more, okay, we're going to get these customers who bought our electric cars to adopt solar and battery and generate their own energy for their cars. And then develop a self-driving capability that's 10 times safer than a human. They haven't exactly pulled that off, but they've made some really serious progress with Tens of thousands of people now testing FSD beta. They're well on their way towards that. Then there's the robo taxi network that they have to do. And uh, so they're about at the point where Elon's going to start working on the master plan part three, because you don't really want to wait until master plan part two is 100 percent complete. You have to have a direction, a vision for the future. And I agree with Alex that AI robotics That'll probably start to fit into the vision now. But um, really going back to the master plan, part one, kind of that vision for affordability of how you bring electric vehicles to the masses. With prices going up so much in this environment, it might be good to to lay out a vision for how using a Tesla becomes affordable to everybody. And maybe autonomy or vehicle subscriptions or something will play into that and help explain how they kind of bring Tesla products to even more and more people in this next
1: era for the. Thanks very much. So here, did you want to add anything?
0: Well, I mean, I agree with you guys. And I think another important thing to say is like, you know, you don't, I think a lot of people are saying, well, what the hell? They, he hasn't, he hasn't really completed you know, part two yet, you know, why is he doing part three? Well, he, when he came out with part two, the model three hadn't come out quite, come out yet. And that was part of part one. I think it, he released part two in like July of 2016. And then a year, about a year later, the model three launched. Um And essentially that's what's happening now. He's, I think, almost towards completing part two and he's setting himself new goals and new visions that he wants to complete. So, yeah. I mean, that's the
2: difference between Tesla and other companies. Tesla comes up with radical 10-year plans. What is Ford's 10-year plan or GM's 10-year plan? They've got some vague commitments. Tesla will actually come up with these 10-year plans that sound insane, and then they'll actually pull them off. You saw that with part one. (laughs) You're seeing it with part two, even though not everyone believes it yet. And whatever crazy thing he comes up with part three there's a good chance we'll see it happen too.
1: Yeah, yeah you the don't... toolbox is very different. Like when you think apart, like what they had uh, available, not just like in cash, but in resources, uh, engineer, what they were trying to solve. You know, it was, yes, it's super complicated, but it's still like very basic. You know, you're making a car. Now we're talking about AI robotics. We're talking about energy uh, generation storage. We're talking about uh, energy markets with auto bidder. Um, all these things, uh, you know, the, and, and Dojo, you know, like for the training, of course, it's linked to, to AI, but it, it's all this vertical integration opens up so many possibilities that, yeah, I don't envy, like probably coming up with master plan part one was like the easiest thing for Elon. Master plan part two was harder, but it was still like within the realm of, yeah, this is where we should go. Now, master plan part three, I think, is going to be like uh, a doozy for Elon to, you know, because he has so much, much more tools, financial, engineering wise. Uh, this, he, he's so established and he's working on so many fronts that how does that all combine into a, 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 a challenging and uh, ambitious master plan part three that takes Tesla into the next decade? Yeah, this is super exciting. But yeah, it's probably a lot of work.
0: Thanks very much.
1: Thanks. Uh, going with the other Ben. You're up. Ben? Uh, yes. Hi. Uh, I was wondering, yeah.
2: do you guys have any news on Cybertruck prices? Uh, or what do you think of uh, comparing to Model Y prices? Eventually, <laughs> or, uh, where, where do you think it's going to land? Uh, or at least... What you estimate,
0: or any news also about the Tesla Bot? Uh, no, no Tesla Bot news. Uh, <laughs> regarding Cybertruck price, I have no idea. And I think, I think people should prepare themselves for higher prices. <laughs> a lot's happened since twenty nineteen, and honestly, like it's going to be a way better vehicle than probably even Elon had originally uh, envisioned. Um, so expect higher prices, but I still think the value for what you're getting. Over the life of the vehicle is certainly much better than like a traditional ice truck.
2: Look at the prices that the Rivian and the F-150 are selling for and maybe subtract a few thousand dollars. That'll give you a ballpark of what to expect. And, you know, let's all hope to be pleasantly surprised and uh,
0: expect to be disappointed because uh, who knows. Yeah, and keep in yeah. mind that the Rivian is a mid-sized pickup truck, so about about the size of my Honda Ridgeline that I've had for a while. And a fully loaded Rivian is $121,000. So the Cybertruck is going to be a full-size pickup truck, and if the you know if the plaid version comes out, it's not crazy to me to think it would be $110,000, one hundred twenty. dollars So prepare for crazy high prices on those top trims. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's hard to say like where inflation is going to go, where commodity prices are going to go yeah. uh, by, the, by the time it enters like full production. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, but yeah, chances are it will be more expensive than what was originally announced. But you'll probably even get more than what was originally offered also because that's also the yeah. way Tesla does it too. You know, it's like, it's I mean, not, don't show you a concept car that looks amazing and then you see the product come out and it's like, what the hell is this?
2: I mean, judging from what Sawyer said, I think that what you'll see is you'll see people who got the single motor, they'll be upgraded to uh, a dual motor version that's a base configuration and they'll be told, okay, well, you're getting an extra motor, but we're bumping up the price, you know, let's say $5,000 or something like that. And then, you know, same thing, Drive becomes quad last we heard from elon he said they would produce the quad first so i'm not sure if that's changed or whatever but um that is has been something they they've done in the past and that's probably something they would do unless there was a hold up on motor production or something that made them uh not want to do that or just some bugs in the quad drivetrain they were still working on but uh yeah we'll see there's a you know we could spend a lot of time speculating on it but i bet we'll start to get more information and find out the final configuration towards the end of the year for all we know they haven't even uh you know fully made a decision on some of these spe- uh, on-
1: yeah and for 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 bot yeah that's pretty that's pretty like no information at all <laughs> <clears throat> They're keeping that very tight. Well, I have heard a
2: little bit about the Tesla bot. I heard that they're working on a prototype of the Tesla bot. And what they found is the vision system developed for autopilot is already very useful for making this bot prototype do some interesting things. So I think what you can expect in the later half of this year, maybe Q4, Maybe Q3 if we're lucky, likely Q1 if it gets delayed as things often do. But whenever we see it, we'll see a prototype of the bot using the vision system and doing some pretty impressive tasks, like you know, manufacturing things, picking up clothes.
1: Exciting, yeah. Yep. Thanks a lot, Ben. Um, Michael, you're up. What's on your mind?
0: Yeah. Hello, guys. Hello, guys. Yeah. Um, so um, do you think we will hear any range specs of the 4680 model, model Y at the Giga Texas party event? And uh, what specs do you think it will have yourselves? There are so many theories with the Model Y and Giga Texas right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I, I don't know if they'll produce that sort of rumored. You know, 279-mile all-wheel drive standard range model. I don't know if they'll start with a long range with 4680s. I, uh, I don't know. Omar, what do you think? This could
2: be a whole episode.
0: Yeah, literally. yeah, and, and and it would
1: end with, like, zero conclusions.
2: <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the interesting thing, right? We have Berlin cards delivering on Tuesday. We have Austin cars delivering not long after that. We've got the party on April 7th. So what exactly are these factories making? Berlin, we have a little more information. They're making performance and long-range cars with 2170 cells packs imported from Shanghai. Hex this is where things really start to get interesting and they're introducing some new products that are uh, that are really making people think a little bit. We have seen the EPA variant of a 279 model uh 279-mile all-wheel drive Model Y. Then we saw green catch a little bit in the source code that hinted at a Texas-made standard range Model Y, which would correspond to that EPA designation for a standard range. It wasn't called a long range, but it had all-wheel drive. And uh, so then there's kind of some discussion, okay, well, is that standard range Model Y going to use... 4680 cells or is it going to use catl lfp possibly in a structural pack so that could be pretty big if they did get 279 miles which is like 292 city um pretty comparable to the existing long range model y so elon has been very tight-lipped about this we've been trying to get him to to talk about it and he just doesn't want to say anything which Suggest that there is something going on, because, you know, sometimes... If, talks
1: what he wants to talk about.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, sometimes if you'll just see, a, like, a rumor that's ridiculous, it'll be like, nah, that you guys are misinterpreting this. Yeah. But I think they're keeping it close to their chest, because uh, it's it's going to be a big... Uh, I mean, it's going to be very exciting. And no matter what they're producing, it's going to be interesting. They're making the Forty Six Eighty cars out of Austin, so... If anyone finds any information about yeah, I'm, what so, I'm producing... surprised you
1: didn't break into Giga Texas and go, like, see those cars. In the oh, house. I am. I I'm
2: planning all... to when we go there for <laughs> April 7th. I'm going to just travel I now love... what's that and, you know, just kind of run off into the factory. Security yeah. will chase me. I'll look under <laughs> the battery pack. I'll
0: start ripping the... I kind of no, love uh, how much little, like, we know about what's going to happen. Like, typically, like, with Berlin, we kind of know everything, but... The Texas Lake, there's very little that we know about um, in terms of what's going to be launched. So it's kind of exciting, you know, the mystery behind it.
1: Yeah, the, the thing we're, we're getting sometimes that might look like contradictory information Uh, with like the range and 4680, like Eon said, yeah, Austin will use 4680. But then, you know, people say, well, it could be LFB 4680, and that doesn't seem to be right. So then it could be cattle 4680s, uh, in a structural pack, maybe. But, you know, there's so many, there's also the possibility they do the 4680 structural pack, but with just less cells. And the same as they did with the standard range. 2170 pack on, on the Model 3. Basically, they put empty cans and instead of having active active material in the can, it's just like an empty can and you could do a structural pack. The, the, the cell does not have to be full of uh, active material and a working battery to make the structural pack work. Actually, it's probably even better if the can is empty than if the can is full for like the shear transfer. So you can imagine that the the outer rows would be like empty cans, like for safety, and it would be a smaller pack. So then it's easier to match the ramp of 4680 with the output of cars. Uh, You're not, uh, it solves the whole problem of, you know, how are they going to discriminate between uh, somebody that ordered something from Austin? uh, Well, something, but they got it from Fremont uh, instead of Austin because people sometimes want the 4680. Well, this is a new model that could be just from Austin. So if you order that, it can only come from Austin, so there's no, you know, bitching uh, with with customers, uh, and you know there, there's many ways this could be solved, uh, as I see it right now. But it's all like speculation, hundred percent. But if you're gonna offer something at a lower price point with lower mileage, I think the structural pack in the 4680 is the way to go, you know, uh, because you know you the, the cost and the weight savings and everything. Are, are make it so much easier to make um, a model that's less uh, expensive than a performance or a long range. Anyway, that's how I see it. I mean, I think my
2: here's my two cents. I think that when you have the forty six eighty, you could make a, a long range and a short range pack. Tesla's done that before, yeah, just by removing some of the modules. So you could either, like you said, put dummy cells or even just have a different casting that just moves the cells closer to the center. So that's one possibility. But what I kind of see them doing, and I hope that I'm right, because it would be good for overall number. Right. <laughs> it's good to well, be right. It's good to be right. Yeah, I mean, it's good to be right, but I maybe I kind of want this to happen because it would just be very bullish for production, which is... Take the structural pack, but you really have two structural packs, one with the, like, prismatic CATL cells, and they've made that work into a structural pack somehow, which the CATL CEO has made some comments about. And then you have, basically, CATL LFP in a structural pack, which can produce a Model Y standard range dual motor, which is, like, almost as good as the current long range. And then you can just dedicate all of the 4680 cells to producing just a killer long-range Model Y. And you've really maximized uh, total production out of the place. And some people, you know, for some reason are, like, they want everything to be 4680 right away. So they kind of see this as, like, very offensive that Tesla would make a, like, LFP... uh, model Y. But let's just be realistic here for a second. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see more and more products using 4680s over time. We know Panasonic is building a facility. We know LG is building production. We know Tesla's building their own facilities in Berlin and Austin. But what do we have right now? We have one pilot line in Cato Road, California that is supplying all of the production. So, We know it's ramping quickly and everything, and they're building the Austin and Berlin sites, but we just don't have that much. So as it's ramping, wouldn't it be great if you could take LFP, you could introduce a lower cost Model Y that's almost as good as the current long range and maybe even better in some ways. And then you can have this new long range and really sell a ton. I mean, a lower cost Model Y would be like giving customers a glass of ice water in hell right now, the way prices are going up and everything. So they could really produce a lot of cars. They wouldn't be- Yeah, held but hold up on, hold rampant. on.
1: Let, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. But also there's still demand is backed up. So offering right now, as you're ramping a, a new model that uses a whole new different Um, battery chemistry which yes could probably be sourced uh, uh, faster and higher volume but they still can't produce those cars at those volumes the the factory still needs ramping and elon mentioned that you know it's about 12 to 18 months to ramp a factory to it's close to its full capacity so the factory
2: needs ramping but i am kind of bullish we have a situation here where fremont and shanghai are already producing these in volumes the parts supply already exists at volumes. You can leverage those existing suppliers. And let's not forget LFP is already being used in the standard range model three worldwide. Yeah. So I mean, obviously the factory ramp is an issue is an issue, but you can potentially ramp up the factory much faster without worrying about cells being the limiting factor. If you have both of those supply lines, and oh, especially yeah. with nickel prices and everything, it's good to be diversified in that way with two chemists. Oh, yeah. I,
1: I, I, it's not that I disagree with you. I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate. You know, I, I could also mention that, you know, when last earnings call, he mentioned that it was B4680s out of, there was no mention of LFP. And I doubt that within three months, they can flip and decide, oh, we'll go LFP. Especially that those models were going to be certified uh, with the EPA before he, he had that earnings call. So, I don't think you know, he flipped.
2: It, I think it was a secret the whole time because he doesn't want to let uh, competitors onto what's really maybe, going on here. Yeah, maybe. And, um, you know, you, you go back and you look at the CATL CEO statements and you look at some of these articles, there's some clues. It's like, oh, Elon and the founder and chairman of CATL are like texting each other and sending memes to each other. And it's like, hmm, well, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> and there's really two big... LFP suppliers, there's BYD and CATL, and BYD is a little bit more competitive. So it's kind of like, hmm, why not get into bed with CATL? They're supplying 50% of their volume right now. And the, Adam Jonas was talking to them about nickel and the rising commodity prices there. And they said, well, you know, we're prepared. We can take LFP up to 60 uh, to 70% of our product mix if we if we need, if nickel becomes uneconomical. Which means too high in price. Yeah, and so hmm. Well, with so much of their volume now being Model Y, how do you really get it up to sixty percent of the or seventy percent of the volume without an LFP Model Y? And so, that's my response to your devil.
1: Yeah, no, you you made some good points. I totally, and I and it wouldn't be I wouldn't put it past you know keeping it secret that that would make sense as well. And it might all be revealed at next earnings call, or maybe even at uh, Giga, Texas, uh, Giga, Fest, uh, Giga Texas Fest, you know. He might actually, yeah. Well, if they're gonna, you know, like let people in the factory and like showcase stuff, I would imagine that, you know, they they would showcase what they're actually planning and not just like like the tip of the iceberg. Because what you're talking, what you're suggesting, is basically like an iceberg. Where the whole cattle LFP model Y standard range is like the part underwater that we're not seeing, but that is fucking huge, both for the company and for shareholders and for everything. It would be huge. Yeah. Even for buyers.
2: I expect it to be 50 50. So 50% long range with 4680 LFP, but then you've got another cell supply that matches that for a standard range lower cost car. And then that would also let you do a higher range on the long range, yeah. because you can sell most of the people.
1: Yeah, but also you, you got to also with the news that Sawyer gave earlier with the Powerwall, uh, they they've ditched uh, the 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 nickel chemistry there and went with LFP, so that also alleviates uh, their their demand on on on, on nickel chemistry there so maybe they the those 2170s you know they, they have access to to those now in their automotive uh product lines so you know there's there's so many pieces to juggle there i i don't know and also like the ramp yeah i i i hope but it's still like a new factory and i'm guessing yeah there's some gonna be some like growing pains there that they need to so i don't know how much they figure they can output and how much you know 4680 needs to catch up to match that output uh, both both at Cato because Cato is also uh, going faster and faster but then there'll be local production at Giga Texas and the curves just might match perfectly when you add Cato to uh, Giga Texas 4680 with the ramp of model Ys at um, Giga Texas I don't know it's 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 a crapshoot.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's it's interesting, and it'll probably be something that none of us are guessing at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: probably. In the <laughs> end, it'll be something completely different, and we'll all look stupid. <laughs>
2: but but one thing I would say is, like people probably don't realize, if you look at CATL, they're now the number one battery producer in the world by volume. Yeah. And you look at how much they grew, they grew from like 30 to like 120 gigawatt hours in like a little over a year or something. It's just nutty, nutty growth. So as somebody who wants Tesla to produce a lot of cars, this is super exciting to me. I think we weren't... Tesla wasn't really looking at LFP because it's like, okay, it's not as energy dense. You can't get the best range. But now with structural pack and some of these advancements, they're like, okay, we can actually take this chemistry and make a vehicle with pretty decent range. So you've got 4680 for really... The Cybertruck, the Semi, the Long Range Y, the really vehicles that you want to have leading range in the industry. And then you've got this other battery chemistry that's more kind of mass market. We can make tons and tons and tons of this. They're really good at ramping production. They're really good at keeping costs down. And it doesn't use any commodities that are like, there's no cobalt, there's no nickel. It doesn't use a lot of these things that are scarce and just ends up being a lot easier to produce in the short term. So when you're talking about like, you know, 2025, 2030 numbers, then I'm sure Tesla is going to be making a lot of those cells themselves. When we talk about really 2022, 23, um, they're buying a lot from these four suppliers.
1: Yeah, but you also this brings to mind like another little devil's advocate thing uh, to push back on it is that w- we still have the guidance of comfortably 50% year over year growth. So we're looking at this year around 1.5, 1.6 million. So, and they said that they could do that just with Fremont and Shanghai, basically, that they didn't even need like Berlin and Texas. So even though you might be right that they could ramp really fast, um, they don't have to do much to hit those guidances. You, you know what I mean? It's not like there's going to be a boost that this year they're going to come out at 2.5 million or something. So do they actually need all these cells from cattle? Probably long-term, like if we're talking twenty, thirty, twenty million 20 million cars a year, in the mix, there'll probably be some LFP in there. And if you follow uh, the limiting factor, Jordan Giesegi, you'll see where he makes the case where LFP is also the energy density is, is increasing and improving to a point where it could become competitive for standard range vehicles, uh, what people expect. So around 300, some odd, 325 miles, I think he was saying, of range, which would be like uh, amazing for for dropping costs. But again, there's the guidance that tells us that, yeah, we can't, 50% is very good, sends us to 1.5, 1.6 million uh, optimistically. And they don't need that many more uh, batteries probably to hit that for this year and then the uh, 2023 again, then cyber uh, Cybertruck gets into the mix and yeah, I don't know. It's too many moving parts yeah. to, and not enough information, clear information that we can, you know, uh, dr- draw it out and see, see the roadmap. Yeah. Anyway. So that was a really long answer to Michael's question. Sorry for the people who have been waiting. So let's go with the next caller. Jean um, Jean Lude. Jean Lud, Jean Ludwig, you're up. Yeah, you unmuted, but you're remuted. Can you? Un- there you go.
0: So an out. What? perfect.
1: Yeah. yeah go Jean ahead.
0: Ludwig, thanks. Um, I have a question regarding uh, Tesla Energy because we are we
1: are at the cars now all the time, uh, with the Powerwall uh, three. Um, I think it's quite interesting because I was waiting for something to develop on Powerwall because Elon hinted, I think, one year ago that they will only sell PV with the Powerwall moving forward, and um, there was some problems with that, not enough power and so on. But I have a question. They have this new Megapack factory. Uh, Do you have any idea? Is it already ramping? Is it already producing Megapacks or just any information?
0: I think it's supposed to start producing... Around Q three, I think because I think they broke ground in September of last year, um, so I think probably around Q three we'll start to see maybe production start to go up. But I don't know the exact timing.
1: Well, you posted recently, like what was it, two hundred and ninety three stockpiled at Nevada, yep, mega packs, yeah. So they're, they're 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 still producing them. They just yep. need to ramp them up, and that's why the other factory is there as well. Yeah.
0: I see a lot of uh, questions in the chat, okay, so I want to do a quick rapid fire. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Is round steering wheel coming to the SNX? Not sure. Uh, do you know how many Cybertruck prototypes have been built at this point? Um, I don't, but probably more than we think. Um, could you give a quick recap for the late ones? This episode is completely re- replayable after we post it, so you can just go back and listen to it. Any update on Gigaparty invites? No, Tesla hasn't announced anything, but the Travis County, which is where... Uh, Giga Texas is um, is having their county meeting in uh, on Tuesday, I think, sort of to decide, you know, whether to let this party happen or not. Which I fully expect they they will approve it. Um, so maybe once that happens, Tesla will give us some guidance on tickets and stuff. Um,
1: w- will it be a a final permit or will they will there be conditions? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, this one will be final. <laughs> no, there's going to have to be like 400 conditions. Tesla have to meet within seven days. <laughs> NES no. um, made some movie out of Berlin this quarter. Drone bids in the show. A lot of stacking. Um, I saw Troy test like, say, like five 600, so I'll go with that. Um, let's see. Do you think Quad Motor will launch within a year of the start of production? Yes. Uh, let's see. They're holding announcements to keep from disrupting current deliveries. Could Fremont become the Model 3 factory? Maybe Omar can answer that one. Think, the, think Fremont could become the Model 3 factory?
2: No, I expect that uh, both locations will make 3 and Y, but it's just going to take some time for them to ramp. So it makes sense to focus on Model Y for right now. There's no point in really making 3. We have enough 3 production. We need more Y production, more of the demands for Y. But eventually, you're going to see parity across these locations. You know, a lot of people, you kind of hear comments like, oh, well, now we've got Austin, we can shut down Fremont. And it's like, well, no, No. Austin is not ramped, okay? Fremont is holding the weight of the whole company right now. And once Austin is ramped and can take some of that weight of supporting the financials of the company, you're going to see some upgrades at Fremont. For example, the new paint shop technology in Berlin. And that sort of stuff will be moved to other factories, including Shanghai and Fremont. Uh, that's what Elon said. He told us once on this podcast, this third row with Sandy Monroe. And um, you'll see three and Y be made probably uh, worldwide. That's just my guess. I mean.